Hello, and welcome to The Staffing Show, the only podcast that delivers tools, tips, and tactics from the staffing and recruiting industry's top executives and thought leaders. In this episode, Caitlin Delory, the editor-in-chief of Staffing Hub, interviews Jason Leverand, president and COO of the Atwork Group. They talk about making the Inc. 5000, improving the candidate experience, and recruiting with carrier pigeons. So congratulations on making the Inc. 5000 for the fifth year in a row. That's very exciting. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what drives Atwork's consistent, impressive growth. Ah, yes, that's uh, that's awesome that uh, people are taking note of the growth. And it's something that we, I, I feel it really is a direct result of certain actions that, that we've taken and, and certain, um, uh, I guess, philosophies that we operate and live by as an organization. And just a quick kind of history lesson with that work, I, I took uh, the helm from a leadership perspective in uh, 2012. And at that point in time, we were really focused on trying to grow the company, trying to grow our, our presence in the in the U.S. And, and Atwork is a little bit of a different animal. We're a franchise-based staffing organization. But at the same token, I come from the staffing industry. The team that I've assembled are, are staffing professionals. And so we really are taking a, a focus on our day-to-day operations, how we're, we're going to market those differentiators and things of that sort. But, but going back to 2012, what really helped, I feel, lay the foundation for this this really phenomenal growth that we've experienced was looking at our, our mission, what was driving the company and what was driving our actions on a daily basis. And and we had, you know, you could, at that point in time, you could have ripped our mission statement out of any you know, generic you know, canned mission template statement. It wasn't anything sexy or exciting or cool. It wasn't memorable by any means. Uh, we wanted something that people could really grab onto and, and understand and, and make sense. And, and as we were looking at that, you know, we looked at uh, various aspects and we had this tagline uh, that Atwork always utilized that we had actually trademarked. We used it in some advertising, this idea to be at work for you. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we really, that really stuck with us, this whole idea to be at work for you because it's, you know, as a staffing firm and as a franchisor, but we're service-based, we're service-focused. And so really, if, if, if we're truly living by this fact, if I'm at work for you, I'm at work for our clients, I'm at work for our talent, that mindset of kind of service first, it really uh, drives exactly what we're trying to accomplish. So, so that's, that's what we did. We adopted this idea, this, this at work for you as our mission statement. Very simple, very basic, but it's memorable. People understand it. People know it. If you ask, I, I guarantee you ask anybody on our team, what's our mission? They, they know what it is. And that's our mm-hmm. focus. It really speaks to what we do. And now there's, there's some color behind it. There's some, uh, we have core values that underpin that mission statement. And it, and it may sound, I hate to say it, it may sound hokey, but that, that focus on service has really helped, you know, really my team has helped our franchise owners, the management team in the field focus on service and helps us truly perform at that higher level. And so when it gets to, when we look at our net promoter scores and, you know, we look at those results from our clients and from our temporary associates, we're, we're, you know, performing at, at really, you know, world-class levels, not just for the staffing industry, but when compared to other organizations, other world-class companies, our NPS scores are really off the charts. And so when you couple a, a driving force, this focus on service, we really live by that mission, obviously proven through our, our net promoter score results. Everything comes together and growth happens because of that. I mean, we really are, are constantly in a state of growth. Not only were we have we been in the uh, Inc. 5000 five years in a row, but we've been in staffing industry analysts, fastest growing staffing firms five or more years in a row. 
And so it's, it's interesting as we grow and we're pushing bigger numbers, you know, that the whole idea of the law of bigger numbers comes into play. It's a lot harder to push numbers when you're, when you're having to grow double digit millions every year or more. And that's exactly what we continue to do. I, I'm curious how you operationalize this service focus or really put legs under this driving mission of being at work for you. Um, can you give me a sense of, of how that culture operates on the ground? Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, as I mentioned earlier, I alluded to it, we, we are a franchise-based organization, so it creates a little bit different dynamic in our organization than others, but the principle remains true, and I'll, and I'll kind of loop it back around. Each of our locations, and typically every location is this way, but we have some, some of our franchise partners have multi-location, but we have owners that have a vested interest in the success of their branch. They're kind of boots on the ground. They're close to the actual the action happening, the transaction, the matching process is happening. So when you have that actual literal ownership factor in play, hands down, it's proven, the stats show service levels are higher because at the end of the day, it's their reputation locally. So, you know, that coupled with this, this driving mission, coupled with technology, resources, tools that are industry leading, you put this, this everything together and it nets that positive result, growth, that high net promoter score. Because you have that vested interest coupled with all these, you know, best-in-class tools and resources and processes. The same token, if you're an organization that doesn't have the benefit of having owners, stakeholders, boots on the ground in the branches, it's building that ownership in your teams. It's building that same mm-hmm. type of uh, buy-in, the same type of you know passion for the company, passion for the uh, building a brand at a local level. And those are special individuals. And usually those people come from cultivating cultured internally in that side of it. But yeah, I feel like that's kind of a, a little bit of our special sauce, a little bit of our secret to why we keep posting year after year, just double digit three to four times industry level growth. This episode of The Staffing Show is brought to you by Staffing Referrals, the only recruiter referral platform designed specifically for staffing firms. If you're like most staffing firms, you're probably not using a digital referral platform, which means you're missing up to 60% of your potential referral placements. That's where Staffing Referrals comes in. Their recruiter referral platform helps you capture more referrals by transforming your candidates and contractors into digital brand ambassadors. Why do staffing firms love staffing referrals? you'll instantly get a referral program like the ones used by Lyft, Uber, and Airbnb. Your recruiters get their very own brand ambassador program, and your company will get more referral leads than ever before. I think you should check it out. If you'd like to get more referral leads for your recruiters, check out their 90-day pilot. They're giving Staffing Show listeners $500 off their first 90 days. To claim your $500 discount, Visit staffingreferrals.com forward slash hub. I think you'll love it. How do you uh, train for that sort of engendering that sort of loyalty or buy-in? Well, that's a great question as well. Again, remember, it's, 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 it's not only figurative ownership in the company, it's also literal. So it does, we, again, we have a bit of a tactical advantage because, again, the, the, when you have somebody who actually owns and has a vested interest in the success of that branch, they're listening a lot harder. Their processes, they go that extra mile. They go those extra steps. But that's exactly what we teach as well. 
standard operating processes in the staffing industry that are service-focused, taking cues from other industries that are hyper-focused on service. And that's really our goal is to, is, you know, I, I feel many times staffing industry uh, folks get kind of a tunnel vision and they look what's going on in the staffing industry alone. You, and really, to order to be successful, we've got to broaden our horizon, look what's working in other industries. What can we pull over from the standpoint of best practices to try to service better? In my opinion, if you get the core components down, it's about the little things. It's about those little touches that make uh, you know, your talent happier to be a part of your organization or your network than the next guy. Those little touches that help on the client side that uh, you know, those clients become very loyal. And I'll say we have clients that have been with us, as many firms do, but I, I feel like, again, we have a high percentage of these that have been with us from, from day one, 26 years ago, who have uh, remained mm-hmm. with us as, as our client partners through thick and thin because of that, those service elements, because of those little things that our owners do and our staff do that have, that have been with us. You know, again, too, it, it does help as well that because we have that vested interest locally, we have, a, I would say, a pretty phenomenal tenure with our organization as well. Uh, you have, we have branch staff that, again, because they are closer to that ownership on a, a you know, kind of boots on the ground feel there, they have more buy-in, their voices are heard, and we see a retention rate that's high as well. So we have a lot of positives going for us, but you can glean mm-hmm. from that is, is cultivating and building ownership with your firm and with your organization. So that's really the key. That's really the kicker, getting buy-in on, on really that service focus and that service mindset. And it seems that I, I see a lot of staffing firms sort of fall flat by interacting in too transactional a manner with their candidates or sort of seeing candidates as almost product rather than expendable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. and that's, I, I would agree completely if, uh, you know, as the economy has shifted and, and the pendulum has swung and, and we're in a talent short market and, and talent is more valuable than ever before. I, the funny thing is, is, is I, I do consistently hear still to this day, negative feedback from the talent end of the spectrum about their experiences mm-hmm. in the staffing branch. Oh, I, you know, I walked into the branch, nobody, even, nobody greeted me. I stood around for five minutes. Nobody said one word. They avoided eye contact, and so I just left. Or when they did mm-hmm. speak with me, they were rude or whatever. You know, it was like I was inconveniencing their day from, from being there. And in this day and age, if somebody walks in your branch, everybody, you know, you stop what you're doing, and, and that's who you focus yeah. on because that's really how we generate and grow and build. I mean, we, can't, we don't have billable hours without talent to put to work. And if those billable hours are, are short-lived if it's the wrong type of talent, if it's the wrong person for the for the you know for the wrong job. So, and it yeah. seems like this is getting even more pressurized because of the labor shortage. So, if there's if there's a, a lack of billable hours sometime or a lack of 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 candidates, everyone is sort of fighting over the same talent. I'm wondering because what we're circling is the the need for a candidate focused experience. And I'm wondering, uh, from your perspective, how, how do you think recruiters can be more responsive to candidates well, or, or the, create a better candidate experience? Oh, exactly. Well, and that's, and that's exactly, you know, really what the mindset is. And, and I, I'd hate to go back to the, the, the whole idea of the golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated. You know, mm-hmm. so put yourself in the, in the shoes of the candidate. You know, if you were looking for a, a job and you walk into a potential employer how do you want to be treated? How, how would you like to be spoken to if I'm calling in and asking questions? You know, and, and I understand that there's some many times where the questions can get repetitive and, and you're, you know, you have five phone lines ringing off the hook or with clients demanding talent, whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, if you operate in that mindset of how do I, how would I want to be spoken to? 
and obviously building processes to that effect as well and, and helping facilitate that, that scale. Because again, that's the challenge from the standpoint of scaling your business. You know, you can do that on a, a boots on the ground level, one branch, one location, but you start scaling. How do you replicate those same high service focused processes? And so that, that's really the key is to think it through, take each step in the process, plan it out, map it out, set an SOP and, and, and replicate and, and move forward. And that's where I think people fail is they don't, you know, they don't have the time of the day to stop and do those things. But when they actually make the time, uh, at the end of the day, it, 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 the returns are, are, are much more positive. So You mentioned a little bit ago the tools and, and technology that are, you know, best in class for the industry. And I, I think in terms of creating those processes, uh, choosing the right tech that allows your team to focus on the candidate experience seems uh, crucial more than ever this day and age. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, that is a, a challenge as well, too, because there's a lot of technology. Uh, there's a lot of dis- distractions to recruiters today of, of the next best thing, the next piece of recruiting yeah. technology that they can't live without. And there's literally hundreds and hundreds of companies that want you to buy their products and use their wares and, and assume that we can operate more efficiently by using their services. So it's kind of the buyer beware. Be careful with who you believe and who you partner with and take your time, do your, do your homework and due diligence in regards to what you utilize and what's available. Because at the, at the end of the day, many of these folks are, are looking for long contracts, big, big payouts. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, lots of, there's lots of expense involved. So, you know, it's really in what you need to, to recruit effectively. If we go back in time, Prior to uh, you know LinkedIn, think about those days when we didn't have such great tools to recruit, such great uh, prospecting uh, tools, and, and then track sure. those activities through these these just phenomenal CRM tools and these ATSs that have you know CRM capabilities, artificial intelligence and so- sourcing that could come into play. I mean, all these different pieces are are, are help help us become more effective recruiters, uh, become faster at what we really do. But at the end of the day, I, I still feel like as a recruiter, having the ability to, to interview a candidate, to, to really speak with them, to get that good holistic fit uh, is critical as mm-hmm. well. You can only use technology so far to get you a, uh, you know, get, get a list of candidates that would make a good match. Then it's you to make that superior match to really show that service element, you know, because if, if, if it could be done without a recruiter, without a strong recruiter, then our customers would, would probably leverage that technology as well. They do it without us, sure. but that's not the case. And, and I honestly, I've done a lot of investigation. I've done a lot of speaking on this subject. You know, while AI recruitment tools are, are great, they, they still lack the ability to, to make the, those calls, you know, that, that pit of your stomach feel that a recruiter gets if the candidate's not a good, not a good fit or there's red flags yeah. there. You know, it, it, many times those tools can't have no idea how to detect that, uh, that side of it. And so, in, you know, until that becomes a reality, which I'm sure may not be in my lifetime, who knows, uh, it's not. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's not something to worry about. The key is is not burying your head in the sand to see the yeah. tools that are able to make an impact to the positive, that are able to make your recruiters more efficient and be able to to produce more. Those so, are the ones that you're going to want to lean on and gravitate towards. Yeah. yeah, it's so hard with such a vast staffing tech landscape to sort of differentiate between the flashy piece of software and something that's really going to clear space for your recruiter. So what gets you excited? Like what tech are you actually, what are you paying? Oh yeah. Yeah. Good thing. Uh, so, so obviously anything that enhances uh, that makes the candidate experience easier, anything that makes any engagement with our firm more fluid, a more pleasurable experience, something that's easy to use mobile friendly is obviously critical. 
from the front end, from the very first uh, engagement with the, with the company. And so, you know, personally, we, we reworked our web, website to completely uh, with the candidate experience in mind because that was the majority, the vast majority of who was actually visiting at work.com. And so, so we completely reworked it. We completely reworked our location pages. We've looked at that, again, thinking about through the details, really setting a time to really understand our target audiences, to design the, the, the website with that in mind. Uh, and so through that process, we really wanted to make it a, a, a easy experience to, to find jobs, to apply for work, engage with our branches and find where our branches are, put a phone call into them, so on and so forth. You know, beyond that, obviously, that experience through the hiring process also has to be very slick, has to be very easy to accomplish. And so, you know, whether it be partnerships with third-party ATS and onboarding tools, which there's, there's a, a few really great ones. I'm not, in, in, you know, I'm not paid to advertise, so I'll leave the names alone. Just do <laughs> some research and you can find some really good, uh, uh, there's some really good tools out there that are that are pretty slick. Mm-hmm. And, and through that process, obviously, is is having that that white glove service touch and having a good, strong team in the branch that's going to hand walk and help these candidates through that process. So tech is in everything and, and work, you know, that's why we've seen, you know, we've seen the, uh, the rise and, and I don't want to say fall. I don't want to use that as a negative foundation, but the rise of these online platforms where, mm-hmm. you know, people you know, almost the Uber of staffing, but where they potentially lack their legs is in that, that human element and that aspect of that, mm-hmm. that recruiter that's with them to walk them through the process, somebody to speak with and, and, you know, that they can engage with to really help them understand the type of jobs they're looking for and make those, those strong placements. And so there, there are tools like that as well. And those, those excite me as well. I think there's a place for them. I think there's an opportunity for traditional recruiter staffing branches to leverage that technology in their branches. I think we're, we're just starting to scratch the surface of it. We see a couple of the large, large firms implementing their own versions of, of their own kind of Uber for staffing type models mm-hmm. that uh, are starting to, to take a foothold, coupling the technology with a bricks and mortar branch you know, footprint or network. That excites me a bit. Artificial intelligence, you know, AI recruitment sourcing tools, uh, I think are, you know, they're still a bit early, but they're, they're, they're not going to go away. They're only going to get better. And those tools just make recruiters' lives easier. It makes them more efficient, helps them, you know, sift faster through candidates to find the right fit. And, and as they work, they get smarter. And so the longer they're out there, I'm looking forward to seeing them get stronger and stronger, but, but will they supplant? Will they take away work from a recruiter? You know, I don't know. The demand for our services mm-hmm. is greater than ever before. Uh, so if our you know, folks can become more efficient at it, you know, we can become more successful. You know, clients see the value. Does the need increase and therefore generate more demand for more recruiters, private recruiters? Uh, you know, I, I don't know, perhaps. And so that's really the key is, is you know, how these, how these tools really fare and what they do, but are, you know, are we going to see in the next 10 years, uh, me, instead of hiring a, a, a recruiter in my branch, you know, licensing a, a recruitment sourcing tool and it becomes its own, I name it and it does it, has, it runs its own full desk. I, I don't see that happening. This episode of the staffing show is brought to you by text us. You might remember text us for their conversational text messaging software that helps recruiters communicate faster with candidates. Since launching four years ago, TextUs has become the largest provider of text messaging to the staffing industry. In fact, over 500 staffing firms choose TextUs, more than any other texting software on the market. Why are they so popular? Because getting a hold of the top talent is more difficult than ever. That's where TextUs comes in. Their real-time communication platform helps your recruiters cut through the noise and get a response. If you want to increase recruiter productivity, you should check out TextUs. 
You can claim your Staffing Show exclusive free 30-day pilot by visiting textus.com forward slash hub. Just go to textus.com forward slash hub to claim your pilot and start recruiting in real time. Where do you see the industry going with these sort of twin impulses towards, you know, automation and AI and at the same time, a more candidate focus that requires the human touch that requires a little exactly, bit more heart. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that, that's, and so just reiterating that fact of, of, I feel like these, these are what they're described as they're tools. And as tools mm-hmm. become a more efficient, more efficient, uh, does, does, does the efficiency of a tool mean extinction for a certain job title? And so I use this analogy. I actually uh, spoke on the subject at, uh, at Staffing World and in Chicago last year. And the, the analogy of a, of a hammer and its various iterations, you know, think of, of cavemen sitting around a fire and trying to, to hammer something with a stone. Then somebody realized they, they, uh, they got smart and stuck a, uh, you know, a handle on it with some twine or whatever. And wow, they can hammer twice as fast. Progress through the, you know, the, the hammer has developed in so many different forms of fashion. Now you could contest it's the most efficient you know, hammering device possible. And now you have these pneumatic nailers and, and, you know, you have these automatic uh, nailers and things like that, but has the demand for carpenters that actually wield those tools declined. And if you speak with somebody that does construction staffing, that does any kind of skilled trade staffing, they would be the first to correct you that, that there's such a huge demand for skilled trade services right now. Uh, it's been more so than ever before, but we're in an age that we've seen greater leaps in technology than ever before as well. So, you know, is it going to, if you look at it as a tool and, and how can you wield that tool effectively and how can you make it more efficient? I think what we're going to do is have a lot more, you know, a lot higher quality of service, a lot higher quality of placement happening from our recruiters at, a, at perhaps a faster speed, but I think it's going to help in quality as well too, finding the very best person for a role. So. And what, what's on the horizon for your carpenters, your recruiters, uh, what's on the horizon for hours? Well, we're always looking to improve. I mean, we're looking at different ways to uh, to leverage technology to improve. We've done some early beta testing with some AI-type uh, sourcing tools. We've looked at, uh, you know, I actually was uh, speaking at the Tennessee Staffing Symposium in Nashville two months ago and uh, talking around what I, what I guess would call hyper-local-type targeting, uh, candidate targeting. And there's some ways to leverage location-aware devices uh, to a different uh, level and a greater extent than uh, what we've seen in the past. There's one specific service that intrigues me that we've uh, been engaging with for quite some time that really quite literally is, is based on, you know, is feeding jobs to where the candidate physically is in the city and on the map, and it's uh, gaining quite a nice traction. And so I'm, I'm curious to see how that, uh, how that could potentially impact our recruiting activities, especially when many of our branches are positioned very in close proximity to our talent base. And so that, that's, that's, you know, really what we're looking at is kind of leveraging some of that, that look, locality aware components that I feel like are relatively green. And so that's a little bit newer type approach. Location aware devices and, and services have been around for a while, but, but we're able to now leverage the, some, some geofencing and targeting within certain parameters, which is kind of, kind of neat not to, not to share too much of our strategy. <laughs> Sure. No, that's interesting, though. Do you think that that will, something that people never talk about, but do you, do you think that that will lead to more face-to-face recruiting or a return to more uh, uh, you know, in-person connection? 
I've said so many times, it feels like now kind of what's old is new again when the economy is so tight and recruiting is so difficult. We have to go back to our roots in recruiting and we can't just throw an ad out on Craigslist and uh, LinkedIn and and Caribble and Monster. We have to get really local with it from the standpoint of, and again, we're traditional commercial staffing. So flyers out at the laundromats, flyers in the, you know, the the apartment complexes, you know, almost guerrilla style recruiting where we're out in front of people. And, and our offices still successfully hold those type of, we do job fairs, we, do, we go out and, you know, throughout the community, we spend a lot of time trying to engage with the community and build rapport in the communities. Uh, you know, a lot of those activities are almost, you know, your old school style recruiting, not leveraging the internet so much. We still boost and po- push a lot on Facebook, of course, but, uh, sure. but we're out there doing these things face to face with people. So it's funny that you, you mentioned that it is, it is that mindset now of what, what's old is new again. So. Yeah, you never. People don't talk about it at all. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's a untapped channel, which is standing in front of someone. <laughs> agreed, and and now I will have to stop myself and say, you know, the 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 idea of fax based recruitment. I, I don't think that will ever come back. And I, I <laughs> I'm gonna, I, you know, I, I want to, I want that one to die. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no, you know, carrier no pigeons. Yeah. No, yeah, fax thank machines. you. Exactly. No. <laughs> that would be cool if we can carrier pigeons are like falconers and we have the little messages attached. <laughs> <laughs> that would that that would be like high end recruiting there. We yeah, there you go. Yeah, a bird. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for your insight today. This was a really insightful interview, and I enjoyed it. So. Oh yeah, Caitlin. Well, Thank I appreciate so the uh, the opportunity to uh, to share our experience and you know the journey we've been on. It's been a really exciting one, and and you know I'm excited to uh, to see it continue. And and I think uh, you know all signs are pointing to the uh, the industry continuing to post just phenomenal numbers and lots of positive mom- momentum. And so you know hopefully we'll all be along for that great ride. Thanks for listening to the Staffing Show. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at staffinghub.com to never miss an episode. Until next time. <laughs>